Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Content warning. This episode will discuss a lot of heavy topics, such as homicide. Please be kind to yourself. Prepare yourself with before and or after care. And if you or a loved one is going through it, you can reach out to the Crisis Call Center at 1-800-273-8255. Or you can reach out to Compassionate Friends at 877 877- Nine six nine zero zero one zero. Thank you. Join us to explore the stories, policies, practices, and ideas of the new survivors movement. This is Survivors Hill with your host, Oya L. Sherell. Welcome, 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 good people. This is your host, Oya El Shirelles, and this is Survivors Heal, a podcast of the Next Up Initiative. Today's episode is a two-parter. We are calling I'm Surviving the Bullets, Part 1. And we talk with two unique voices in the field of anti-gun violence advocacy. In the first part, we journey with the advocate, mentor, and tattoo artist, Rock Philip Lester, who shares his experience of being on both sides of the gun and what it took for him to emerge as a survivor who pushes back against a system that has sought to punish individuals far beyond their completed sentences. In the second part, we are joined in conversation by our second gun violence survivor, Too Hungry, and we hear perspectives from Codeine dreams as well to discuss how art can fluctuate between healing and harmful vibes. Some quick facts about these issues. 
According to Giffords Law Center, gun homicides and assaults disproportionately impact historically underserved communities of color like the ones our guests are from. Black Americans are 11 times more likely than white Americans to be killed in a gun homicide. And in this climate, according to the research of CSSJ, the Crime Survivors for Safety and Justice, state spending on victim services represents only about 1% of what the state spends on the prison system. In other words, California spends nearly 80 times more on prisons than on services for crime survivors. Now let's jump in. So in today's episode, what we'd like to discuss is how do we go from harmful behavior to healing behavior? And I wanted to start with Rock's story. Really just checking in with you to see, like, what has it been? What What is your healing journey? If you can just even start from the beginning. Tell us about you, how you started, and who you've become. All right, cool. That's a big question there in you know, the stories. I'm not kind of, like, big on the idea of the stories. Because you know, everybody kind of, like, you know, tell a story. I'm going to say uh, experience. Because you know, experience is real, and that's basically what you know. Um, everybody is, uh, everybody is basically like the sum total of their experiences. So that's like most of the time when you're trying to get a chance to know somebody, the first thing that you try to do is try to find some things out about them, like what then kind of like happened in the past, or what have they been like in the past, right? So that gives you a, a indication of who you're dealing with in the present, right? So that's why I say you know we are the sum total of our experiences. Nothing against the ideal story. A lot of times people have, you know, it might not necessarily be their experiences. It's just a story. You know, I done told many stories. It wasn't my experience, you know what I mean? So, but just to speak on um, the experience, uh, everybody call me Rock. Grew up in South Central L.A., like all over L.A. So, you know, um, I had folks that, that stayed on 102nd, you know, right across from uh, what was called uh, Will Rogers uh, Park, right across from um, Wasburgers. Extended family, so I always got a chance to go over there. So I had a connection to folks that was, you know, uh, in Watts. Folks on my dad's side, um, from Haiti, but when they migrated this way, they found their way into the Pueblo um, housing projects, right, on the east side. Folks on my mom's side came this way, migrated from Mississippi, from there to Rialto, from Rialto here to um, L.A., and my grandmother bought a house way back some years ago off of 59th and uh, Dinker. Right there by, you know, Harvard Park. She had the house before it's lost and swap me was there. Anybody know about Harvard Park now? You know, Harvard Park goes from Halldale to Harvard. But, uh, you know, my grandmother bought the house over there. You can take Dinker all the way through. Um, the park sit on two sides of the park. So that's how long she had the house over there. Then my mom, she wound up um, living in a space and place that was over there for 88th and um, Cimarron. The backside of her house, about a block or so away, was St. Andrews Park. So I've been known to kind of like growing up in areas around parks and projects, you know what I mean? So definitely a park kid, got um, understanding of the project living, um, has lived in the projects before. But, you know, um, me just growing up in um, L.A. and knowing what's there wind up being, you know, a, a park, uh, you know, some of the stuff that was there in regards to, you know, um, the I say the, the community street activity and just, you know, having the experience there and being a survivor of a, a crime. I'm going to say a survivor. I don't like the term victim 
And most folks that come from the streets don't like the term victim because you, you hear a term like, you know, you're going to victimize somebody. A victim sounded weak, right? So, but but definitely a survivor. And, you know, that that, that speaks power into the, the experience. It speaks power into the traumatic experience. You know, it's just not experience, it's traumatic experience. It speaks power into that to where that instead of succumbing to that, you was able to overcome that, right? And that's kind of like, you know, being a survivor, making it through. So I was able to accept the idea of survivor and even talking about uh, my experiences based on that fact. If you would have came to me and told me you was a victim, we'd be out here fighting. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that's not what we're doing. <laughs> that's but right. the reality of the fact, after kind of like, you know, elevating from that type of state of mind and understanding the fact that, you know, something happened to me, you know, I was, what, 14 years old, got shot twice, 14, next year, shit, got shot again, 15. Those was crimes. Those were criminal acts that was committed, you know, uh, against me. But, you know, you out there in, in that lifestyle, living in the streets, your understanding of that becomes different. It's not the normal understanding. It becomes the street-oriented or underworld type of understanding. And that is, this is a part of the game. Right. So you don't look like somebody did something to you and you need to report it or you need to go get some services. This look like, you know, this is basically how I go. And, you know, and living that idea of this is how I'm supposed to go and not giving resources and resources not being allocated to you or not even knowing what a resource is, you kind of like live and harbor that kind of like trauma. And I'm going to say this, for folks that do come out to tell their story experience, every time you do that, you relive that. You know, when you going through there and you talking about, you know, what happened to you, it take you back mm-hmm. in real time. So a lot of times, you know, I'll be cool because it's like you have to go back. You you, you see it. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about it. You see it. You know what I'm saying? And not only do you kind of like, you know, see it for those that's been like, I'm going to say who got like wounds on them. You know what I'm saying? Marks, like indelible marks that you can't kind of like hide. When you get in the shower, like, you know, you, you rub over those things. You rub over those Bullet wounds. If you didn't have some surgeries, you know, I had to have half of my, um, well, actually all of my small intestines, like, taken out uh, when that happened. So they, you know, they cut my stomach, like, all the way open, right? So I uh, got a long scar. And that's when I was a kid. So I used to, you know, go places, you know, beach and stuff like that. And people always like, what happened to you? You know what I'm saying? So I was past it and living, like, you know, my life. But every time I, you know, took my shirt off, I seen it. And every time I seen it, I, I relived it. When I'm, you know, going over my, you know, washing up, and I got to rub over that. You know, I, I feel that. You know what I mean? And it takes me kind of like back to that. So it took a minute for me to kind of like gravitate away from that to be able to talk about it in this context because most of the time when I felt that, it took me back. And the way that it took me back, it took me also back to a state of thinking. Like, this ain't kind of like over, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? You kind of like, you know, you, you want to perpetrate this on somebody else. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what, that's what it kind of like was. You know, a lot of stuff kind of like come along um, with it because the first time I got shot, those um, two times, I remember, that was the first time I actually got hit. I had been getting shot at since I was, <laughs> I don't know, kind of like when. It's crazy, you know what I mean? But um, my uncle got killed that first time too. You know what I'm saying? This happened in my grandmother's yard. You know, you go back and just not talking about that incident, but everything that kind of like surrounded that. You know what I'm saying? So you remember that day. You remember that hour. You remember that second. Remember that moments, like, before it kind of, like, happened. You know what I'm saying? You also remember or still harbor some of that hate or anger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for me, a long time ago, I was like, ah, I want to kind of, like, talk about this. You know what I'm saying? Make you want to tear up and, you know what I'm saying, go pick something up and, like, go back to that. And then it's like, you know, I had to do my own, like, you know, stuff like coping and understanding. Like, I know a lot of folks go to therapy and do 
different things, and I don't take that nothing away from nobody. But I'm going to say, um, you know, the best type of person to kind of, like, heal you, I believe, kind of, like, is you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But you got to kind of, like, know you. That's like, you know, when they had the Egyptian, you know, mysteries and stuff like that. And, you know, before you walked inside those temples, like, right over the head of the, the doors that you was walking through, it said, know thyself. I think that's one of the key things, like, you know what I'm saying? So I had to get a chance to kind of like know rock, you know what I mean? What make rock tick, what can kind of like push rock to the edge, and then order to kind of like, you know, understand what happened, how we get around, learn from experience, and then translate it into, you know, a way to helping me heal, but also other folks understand and heal from their own wounds and not to kind of like... um go down some of the pathways that I went because a lot of this stuff wound up causing because there was responses. You know, you're talking to kids that's 14, it's kind of been a street activity, everybody you're around, something like that happened, it's not good, it's all bad. You get, you know, shot again, 15, it's not all good, it's all bad. You know what I'm saying? You had an idea that somebody's trying to get you, mm-hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? Now, whether it's real or not, <laughs> but somebody's trying to get you. And, you know, when it comes to life, life is about, like, self-preservation. You know what I'm saying? So now you got an individual who was 14 years old who had experience like that. You know what I'm saying? My mama was right there when it happened, too. So it was like, it ain't like that my mama can protect me. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like all the homies can protect me. Like, so you start to feel like you need something that can protect you. Mm-hmm. And the only thing you think that could protect you, and you know what I'm saying? It's not even true, but the only thing you think that could protect you is a gun. Now you got a 14-year-old kid, 15-year-old kid who's been kind of like wounded, Right. And it's kind of like scared for his life. Not actually saying it, but, you know, scared for his life. So now he got a gun, right? And this person becomes easily trigger happy. He know what it's like to get hit and ain't trying to get hit again. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I'm going to get down before somebody else get down. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it be unprovoked in situations. You know what I'm saying? And then you find yourself doing something that's like, damn, I didn't even have to, like, um, do that. So, you know, I, I just want to go, like, real fast into, like, Part of the story of rock, because uh, one thing I uh, said as, as a youth, right, where a lot of just like, you know, trauma, like, you know, um, just just started. You know, I used to steal cars like crazy. Um, no lie. Like, I used to, well, I was a little kid. I used to, it was just so easy. I wanted to learn how to like steal cars. And um, I used to do it because, like I said, there's different locations where my folks stay. You know, I had to get there. And, you know, taking the bus in L.A. was vicious. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it was called the RTD then. You know what I'm saying? We called it the rough, tough, and dangerous. You know what I mean? So you had to watch it. And every area where that bus stopped, it was somebody's area. Sometimes you had people on bus patrol. They would wait for that bus to stop in the area and get on that bus to see who's on there. So, you know, you get tired of that. Then you got to get off the bus and... You know, if you can't fight them all, then you got to run. You running from these dudes in their hood. You know what I'm saying? You running into a net like, oh, no, it got to be a better system. So the only system that I can conclude, you know what I'm saying, was I'm stealing the car. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm driving somebody's car. You know what I'm saying? I was just, you know, it's just what it was. You know, you had to be out there. So that was, you know, it was like, it was criminal, but you don't, you, you're looking at it like this. is is what I'm doing it for. Now, I'm not taking these people's car to have joy riding, riding Hey, I got places to kind of like go and be. And like my mama, you know what I'm saying? She didn't care about none of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be out here. You're going to go here. You're going to go there. Different reality. But, you know, as things kind of like, you know, progress, stuff got kind of like more uh, serious as, you know, growing up in L.A. And I think people got to understand, like, I can't speak on other environments. Don't know a lot of other environments. Being young in L.A. at the height of a lot of the, the drama, the gang activity, et cetera, it communicated something altogether different than what it looks like today, right? It, it, it was it was super, like, 
serious. And beyond it being super serious, you know, you wasn't afforded the luxury, the luxury of being low key. That was that was out. You know what I'm saying? You had to be in attire, uniform, like daily. So you knew a blood from a crib. You knew a crib from a blood. You knew a blood and a crib from a regular, ordinary, just, you know, square type of person. Mm-hmm. Squares didn't dress like members at all. People was actually scared of that. These days, things is, you know, different. But after going through all that, you know, um, the experiences and you know, the trauma and also, you know, the incarceration, it came as a result of, you know, this activity, you know, 16 years old, um, getting tried as an adult, you know what I'm saying, for for gang-related crime, you know. So you had a, a domino effect, of, you know, 14 getting shot, 15 getting shot, 16, I'm sitting in the courtroom, you know what I mean? And, um, mm. you know, tried as an adult, don't even necessarily know what that means. Looming sentence, 42 years of life. And the only thing I'm thinking inside that courtroom is keep 100. These people will never do this to me based on, you know, uh, I was being sub 16. But what I realized that did nobody in that courtroom at that time care about me being 16 but me and my mama. Once I was tried as an adult, you had everything that was coming to you as an adult. Mm-hmm. You went to adult court. They came and picked you up from the juvenile halls, put you on the bus with adults from opposing gangs. you high security, just like you in there for shooting somebody or killing somebody. They're in there for the same thing. You didn't shot one of their homies, killed one of their homies. They ended the same as yours. And it ain't nice for nobody because everybody dates are what they're looking at at this time. It's Buck Rogers. It's, it's out there, right? And that's just fighting it, not seeing getting, you know, convicted. That was the experience. So most of my life, I grew up being grown. I'm just put it just like that, grew up being grown. My mom uh, had nine kids. I was the oldest before I went to the system. So she had only like eight, and I was the oldest. So, you know, mom had me when she was uh, 16, you know, 16, you know, she's still a kid. So when she got my sister, then my brother, it was time that I was a secondary, secondary caregiver. You know what I'm saying? Or a guardian. Shit, my mom be gone. <laughs> I got to cook. I got to do all different type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? I got to hold stuff down. You know, never had the opportunity just to be just like, you know, kids, a kid raising kids. And then being out there in the streets is like, you know, you're not afforded to be a kid when you chose to live that type of lifestyle. When you cut up in the gangs and all that, when you in them parking lots and you in them blocks, the last thing you want somebody to look at you as being a kid, you want it to take you serious. So if you're 12, you out there acting like you're 18, everything is serious. Somebody try to get at you out of pocket or treat you like a kid, you're ready to act up to let people know like you're not the one. All right? And then getting tried as a adult and then having to go to prison. Not why, not juvenile hall, prison. Still not given the opportunity to be a kid because now you're in a adult facility. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And again... Nobody's in there caring about you being 17, right? All they know is that you're here. You're there for a reason. You get what I'm saying? If you here, then you're here for a reason, and they're going to treat you accordingly. So it propelled me to kind of like grow up like fast and mature. Afterwards, you know, looking back, I, I swear, just the other day I was just driving, just reminiscing, like, you look back to everything you done been through, it's like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like, how am I here? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you look back on some of this stuff, like, how did I survive that? You know, back, back to what we say, like, a survivor. Like, how did I actually survive that, right? So I want to put this in there. The first time I heard, like, you know, the word, like, like just using the word survivor, 
I think it was Destiny Childs, right? They came out with this with this mm-hmm. song called I'm a Survivor. And it was around like, I think it was around like 2003, 2002, somewhere in that area, right? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even a Destiny Childs fan. I'm keeping on hunting. But when I heard that, that spoke like volumes to me like then. I was in the system, I swear. And it was like, damn, like, you know what I'm saying? I was surviving that. You know, I've seen a lot of people get hurt up inside there. It was like, hey, I was 17 coming to this thing and I'm, I'm, I'm surviving this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and then being able to get past that doing, you know, the work that I do now and then, you know, helping survivors of crime and embracing, you know, that, that idea. I always take it back to, you know, a statement that was inside they sung and it was like, you know, I'm a survivor. I'm not going to give up. You know what I'm saying? I was able to accept that in because, again, that represented kind of like power, you know, just hearing the word kind of like a, a survivor. But knowing, you know, what an individual went through and look back is like, damn. But the whole ideal as far as me being who I am now, is like I said, all those experiences— it's like mathematics with me. I love mathematics, right? I got a, just an associate's degree, but I got a minor in mathematics and a major in social psych, right? So, you know, with mathematics, like if you, if you got you know three numbers down there, you know, if you got one plus two and then plus three, you know, that, that's six. But if, 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 you, if you eliminate the one, you know what I'm saying, it's something less than or other than. It's, it's not going to add up to six because you just now re- took out one of the elements that is inside the equation to add six, right? So I look at that almost like kind of like life. If you minus any of those experiences that mm-hmm. Rock had, you wouldn't have Rock today. You know what I'm saying? You have something less than or other than, but it wouldn't be Rock right here. So, again, that goes back to, like, you know, the compilation of experiences it's kind of like, you know, uh, put us here. But with that and just knowing what was there, I don't think nobody is 14 years old, man, should be having somebody standing over and trying to shoot them. And the only thing that, you know, help you survive is that, you know, you throw your arm up in front of your head and, you know what I'm saying, they, they shoot you in the shoulder and they shoot you in the chest and they run out of bullets. And the reason why they're out of, out of bullets is because before they shot you, they used the rest of the bullets on your uncle. Mm. Going through that and knowing what L.A. is like and, and the pitfalls, that is out there, this is what kind of like, you know, compelled me to kind of like do the stuff I do for young folks. And then being 15, and the only thing that stopped you from having somebody blow your head off is that you seen their shadow coming around the corner through a window. Mm. And you had enough time to distance yourself from the bus stop from where they just drove by and seen you at. That right there, we told that, 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 that minor to where I was able to distance myself. And when this individual hit the corner where he thought I was, I wasn't. And now it becomes a foot race. And this is where all your football skills come in, where you're trying to dodge the tackle. Now you're trying to dodge death. You're trying to miss the bullet with somebody about 30 feet behind you, gunning for your life. And then from 15 to 16, you're sitting in front of a courtroom of folks that don't understand your life, your reality, your experiences. Mm. And just know what you have been there for. And it was a bad crime. And all they know is that they want to give you 42 years of life. And you're 16. That's insane. So the reality of the fact is, the situations and the conditions that put kids, young folks, in these positions, how do you kind of, like, change that? I know some of the stuff that could have kind of, like, helped rock, right? But then I know some of the stuff that, you know, just that's just woven into the environment, right? Mm-hmm. But... The whole thing is, how do you prevent somebody from having that experience, right? So if, if I didn't did it, I mean, you, you shouldn't kind of, like, have to do it, right? Unless you just want to do it and you think it's a game, you know what I'm saying? Unless you don't, it ain't a game, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's, it's, it's a bunch to come along with it, and it's a lot of, like, you know, uh, sacrifice. 
So like when I tell Rock like you know um, story, I go, this is this is not a story. This is real. This is this is experience. This is documented. This is something you can go look up. Like hey, this is the real experience. And those experiences sometimes you know moves people, change people, right? So I remember the first time I got shot. I was in the hospital for a long time. There was a bunch of stuff that was going along with me, right? Mm. But one of these individuals told me out the area, right? He said, man, it's, it's, it's two things that's going to happen, Rock. It's either you're going to turn all the way up or you're going to turn all the way down. Mm. And, you know, it wasn't no turning down. You know what I mean? So what you had was turning all the way up. And what that consisted of was, again, now being not just a person that is a victim of a crime, but now someone that want to be a perpetrator of a crime, an individual that don't want to be on the end of the gun getting shot, but an individual want to be on the end of the gun doing the shoot, right? And then you realize, at the end of the day, what did it all amount to? Nothing. Still shot, got a bullet on my spine, uncle still gone, lost a lot of other homies in the process. What did it all amount to? Where did did it take the individual? It didn't take the individual up. It took the individual down physically, incarceration. It took the individual down mentally. It took a lot of stressful times, depression, et cetera. And it took the individual down spiritually. You know, for you to be holding on to a gun Mm. and just gun holding the streets and just indiscriminately jumping out, walking up and trying to shoot people, hey, your spirit got to kind of be like low. Your spirit got to kind of like be low. You got to be somewhere else, almost like numb to life, Mm -hmm. really. But after those things, it's kind of like over, and you kind of like, you know, reminisce and look back on some of those things. You feel the emotion. You know what I'm saying? Especially when all the numbness start to wear off and you become more human again. Because sometimes out there in the streets, I'm going to keep it 100, like I said all the time, item streets is monstrous. You know what I mean? In order for you to survive in them streets, you keep up with gangster people don't want to hear this or say that, hey, but you got to be a monster. You got to be a beast. We say it all the time. People say, I'm a beast. Mm-hmm. I'm a savage. And that just means you got to be hard. You know what I'm saying? Not speaking to the fact that you're a monster, but speaking to the fact that you got to be hard. You got to be tough. You got to have callous. Mm-hmm. And hold that thought. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Snakes. Zombies. Sharks. Heights. Speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. 
But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand, when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app. So speaking to that experience and, you know, um, where we at now and, and what I'm doing, like using my experience, but not using my experience because folks never kind of like, you know, hear my story. You'll never kind of like hear my story. So we're here on this podcast and Survivors Heal. So it, it's just designed to speak to the folks that's out there that is, uh, you know, um, survivors. Right. But some of the young folks, well, all the young folks that I work with, they kind of like, you know, you never know the story. They just kind of like see the result, right? And that's what I kind of like want to push the back end and the work that I'm doing, all right? You find out about rock later on, and you'll probably have a greater appreciation about rock. But I'm here for one thing. And I didn't tell some of these kids, but I got some tough kids, man. It's L.A. I got some big kids, too. These kids be like 17 years old. These kids about like six foot five. And trying to talk to an individual tough. And I'm like, man, you know, I'll, man, I'll beat you up for your own good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Real deal, for your own good, I'll beat you up. You know what I mean? And, you know, and some of them be like, man, what you talking about? You're like, man, you grown. I'm grown, but you talking to me like I'm a kid, bro. Like, listen, I'm trying to help you. You don't get it, bro. I'm trying, but... Those conversations and that kind of like tough love, man. I have a lot of these kids out here, you know, what South Central LA, parts of Compton. We didn't work with, you know, what I'm saying through through, uh, through the Reverence Project with programs like Gloves Over Guns, Community Sentinels, and also we have our Youth Entrepreneurship Program. We're about to um, launch, you know, we had an open viewing of the space, uh, teaching young folks how to be, you know, owners, to put them in a position actually, so they can actually own their own business and be able to run that from their bedroom. Right? They get it, you know, they only they get it. But parents get it too, and especially the parents, because you you have mothers out here that's losing their kids, and you have fathers out here that's losing their daughters. It's like that now, you know what I'm saying? Ladies is under fire mm-hmm. as well in these streets, and I tell people all the time like, you don't want to be your kid. And I remember my mama told me the second time, you know what I'm saying? The first time she was there, you know what I'm saying? So she witnessed the whole get down, but she was like, man, she was like, uh, no parent. And hear this out. She said, no parent should have to bury their kid. I live with that. That was on my mind, like, a lot. You know, my mom was even like, you know, they called her and told her I was in jail. It was like, for what? She was like, oh, it's crazy. But to know that I was in jail and that call wasn't a call to saying that, you know, Rock Phillip is not dead, it was a relief to know that I was in jail. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Opposed to being dead. So... These are the real realities and real experiences and real stories that, you know, I know firsthand that still exist in the communities kind of like where we come from because we're experiencing death like, you know, daily. And, it, and it's young people when they pull them sheets back. Predominantly, you know what I'm saying, it's black kids. It's keeping it all the way gangster. You know what I'm saying? So we talk about, you know, work that is being done, intervention, prevention, et cetera. You know, it's many a gangs, but a lot of that stuff is centered around red and blue. Um, blood and crip activity, 
you know, um, that is interpreted differently in our communities and gangs than from some other folks. People is really out there, man, self-genocide. I say self-genocide because we out there killing individuals as, our, as us, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is real deal. It's killing folks that is us, like self-genocide, like, you know. But how did you get out of the mindset of self-genocide? How did you get out of the mindset of revenge and get into the track where you wanted to heal and see results? I'm really to be honest. I'm gonna say it's kind of like force, and if force understanding. And you know, I know a lot of people always kind of like you know speak bad about the system, and I'm not here to promote the system. But um, hey, I needed jail. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was horribly bad, you know what I'm saying? Can nobody like tell me nothing, you know what I'm saying? Like I mean, you could, but you couldn't, you know what I mean? You like I said, I'm I'm, I'm grown out there. I done been you know shot X amount of times, you know what I'm saying? I'm walking through the street and I'm I'm in, I'm in survival mode. You can't tell me nothing less because it's real. I'm checking every car. Dudes has been in corners. This shit is real. Mm. People around you is getting killed. You know what I'm saying? This is real. So I needed a break from the action. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know what I'm Did saying? it have to be jail, though? I mean, imagine if you have been that 14-year-old kid having witnessed your uncle be murdered, having gotten shot yourself, if you had actually had resources for your healing. If somebody has swooped in and if you would have been able to tell an advocate, you know what, I'm fearing for my safety. I don't feel safe out here. You know, I'm, I know I'm going to be looking for these people. I know I'm going to be, you know, not comfortable just walking down the street. And they said, you know what, we're going to make sure that you and your family get relocated. We're going to make sure that you and your family get therapy. We're going to make sure that you and your family find the things that can help bring you peace in your life. We're going to connect you with um, with your art, you know, and, and give you something to channel um, this energy into, this, this anger, this hate, this hate that you feel at the moment. Do you feel like you still would have needed jail? Now, I understand the resources, and I think the resources is great, right? The resources is good for something, you know what I'm saying? So, yes, folks do need those resources, right, for you to understand kind of like, hey, what you done been through, how you feel, you know what I'm saying, and, and what you're going through. So, like I said, the conversations I got from folks after this was, you know, turn up or turn down, <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It wasn't like, hey, man, like, you know, let's talk about this, you know, what you went through and how we get some healing from this. That wasn't even in, in the conversation, you know what I'm saying? But I say the reason why I say the system, that's a different type of, like, you know, package mm-hmm. with the resources. Even understanding that with a conversation, I think just with some resources, it wouldn't have probably stopped me from having some dislike for some dudes that were just a different color from I did. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or pushed a different alphabet than what I did. The system was different. You go up inside there and you realize some of the dudes that you may have a disdain for, it's going to be the individuals up inside there that's going to really be trying to safeguard your life when it go down. Deep. Because what you have inside there in a lot of cases is you have racial tension. So when it comes to, you know, the red and the blue, yeah, that, that's an issue at times. But the biggest issue is just you just being black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now the individual that you was opposed to, you find yourself back to back trying to keep him alive and he's trying to keep you alive. Mm. What that does is that speak a whole different type of reality into your experiences, into your life. So an individual that you consider a foe is easily a friend now. Mm. 
right? I had a problem with that at first. I was beside the system, like, hey, man, what the hell? Like, yeah, what these dudes over here? Where they, where they from? You know what I'm saying? Dudes like, hey, bro, like, you know, kick back on that. So I thought, you know, the dudes that was up there that had issues with folks that was from other races, because some of the areas where they at, you know, they, they fought other races. You know, I'm in South Central LA, the heart of it. The only thing we had was black on black. So I wasn't trying to hear none of that until it became real. Like, I'm from over here, them dudes from over there, and them dudes got into, the, got into them dudes, and they just tripping on anybody that's black. Oh, hell no. Nah. <laughs> you know yeah. I need anybody around me that's black. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Shit, yeah. man. I mean, the dude that you know that, that used to be a smoker in the hood, he done got his size back. He done been in the system. I need him over here. They get behind me. I know he going to fight. You know what I'm saying? Nah. One thing I'm going to tell you, man, is some dudes didn't use drugs. What They done took all different type of beatings. Got drugs on credit. Ain't paid nobody. They done got hit with crowbars and everything. <laughs> Smoke something to be good. Man, I need him. He ain't going down. You know what I'm saying? So I don't care where he from right now. <laughs> And they went with that later. Right now, they, you know, black is under attack. So that system helped me kind of like, you know, understand that. And I had a partner inside there because I used to get on him like when I first grew up inside there because he, he's, you know, he cut hair as a hustle. He's cutting all these dudes' hair that, you know what I'm saying, that was, you know, directly opposed to us. And I was like, man, what you doing? Like, bro, like, you know what I mean? But he, he said something to me that was great. He said, Rock, what you're going to realize is that it's not what you are, it's who you are. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And when he said that, like, I still remember this today because it was individuals that I thought because of what they was, which was the you know, same affiliation and color line, they was homies and realized that these were some of the individuals that was, your, you know, your, your biggest despisers. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They was worse than enemies. Mm. And some of the individuals I thought was enemies, like, man, these are your biggest supporters. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? And formed some of the best relationships with. So I wouldn't have never had came to that conclusion or had that experience if an individual would not have went through that system. You get what I'm saying? So I would have got the therapy. I would have got all that. But I was also still had the envy and hate. And all. Mm. Some things, like I say, you just can't change. Like when you, when you, when you got them indelible marks, like, you know, for instance, like I, I don't eat meat and stuff like that. So folks kind of like, you know, oh, you vegetarian, you carbon oil. I ain't been doing this shit since I was 14. I don't be telling people like, but <laughs> this shit been forced. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. My favorite stuff used to be like, you know, chili cheese, fries with pastrami and all that. Mm. I got out the hospital and was eating that stuff. And I was noticing, like, every time I did that, my stomach would ball all up on me. I couldn't stand up. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, you know, so we had to go back to the hospital, tell my mama, like, something wrong. And that's when they told us, like, what they did. And it was like, hey, you can't, you can't eat that type of stuff anymore. You know what I'm saying? Because of, you know, the intestines that I was taking out. So it's hard on your digestive system. So I started eating all this healthy stuff, this vegetables and salads and all this crazy stuff, just because it made me feel better. You know what I'm saying? There was times where we, I ran into some dudes and, shit, before, they went to, before we went to fight, I was already balled up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> No. I was like, oh, no, this can't be. Like, it was all because of shit that I ate. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, now it's like, you know, so I grab it. So I was, a certain thing, like I said, this was force. You know what I mean? So this is forced into a certain type of diet, but also that system forced the individual into an understanding. Mm. You know what I'm saying? To where it was like, all right, that kind of like ratified my thinking and put me somewhere else. Could the resources have did that? I'm going to say, given the resources, and after I get the resources, I still got to walk through the streets of L.A. Mm. We got a problem. I'm going to say, why we got a problem? Because the homie told me, I was over there preaching them dudes one day. And the homie was like, hey, man, all this stuff is good, but maybe we need to do this in the house. Because somebody drive by right now, they ain't going to be like, hey, they go rock. You know what I'm saying? Talking to them dudes and telling and trying to preach the good word to them. I don't think they going to see it's us. Right. So he said, Rock, what you got to understand is that you have changed, but the streets ain't changed, bro. Mm-hmm. So giving me those, you know, the therapy and all that, and then being injected back into the environment mm. where I'm like, you know, I get it. 
Hey, but them dudes across the track still don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's what you're fighting against. So inside that system, you know, a lot of that was put back because, like, everybody tried to do one thing, and that's survive. Don't get it twisted. There were some times when they had some black-on-black kind of, like, issues, and that's what it was. You handled that business and you backed the program, but you learn how to have appreciation for, like, you know what I'm saying, the other man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can respect the soldier. And I couldn't do that from that point, like, except the fact that this is, this, this is something bigger than what I thought it was because mm. I had homies— they ran out, you know what I'm saying? The tough guy. Like, where are you going? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they, they coming. He's going that way. Like, you know? And these dudes come from nowhere. Like, what's happening? You know what I'm saying? And get down city. Ain't going nowhere. And it's like, damn. You know what I'm saying? You know they oppose, you know, the alphabet that you represent, they got on their body crossed out. But they coming right now and throw their life in front of yours. Mm. Mm. You wouldn't have got that through no therapy. Mm-hmm. No, no regular resources. Now, interventionist folks and people who we talk to, yes. We would have had a conversation, and that would have been good. But to experience it, to see it real, mm. mm-hmm. communicate something altogether different. So that's what I say kind of like about the system. It's not to speak good about the system because the system ain't rehabilitating nobody. It's not doing none of that. It's the people that is inside the system. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It was, you know, Anzar Muhammad used to say that, you know, the, the, the prison is a hidden university. You know, you had dudes like Malcolm X that went to prison. You know what I'm saying? It was unfortunate, but they got smart and got wise. You know what I mean? So going inside there, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna have to. I'm gonna say it like this: like I had to go amongst men to become a man. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I was amongst gang members on the streets of being an outright gang member, and just thinking that orientation. But when you inside there, your orientation of thought it, it changes. Mm-hmm. It's different. You know what I'm saying? You more now a thinker. You know what I'm saying? A problem solver. You know, you trying to resolve. You know, because when it go bad, it go bad. That's the absolute last thing you want to do in society. You're not taught that's the absolute last thing you want to do. Well, you better get off where you get mad at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's fast. It's you know what I'm saying. It's go right, go right at it. You know. Um. So again, it's nothing like you know to promote that system and like that. But 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 I needed that. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm gonna go back to that. And also, you know, like when I got in jail, shit, man. I'm not gonna lie. Man, the first like four five days, I was rested. I was. I mean, I was tired of running them streets and acting wild. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't wake me up for nothing. I didn't want no food or nothing. I was just like, man, the coma, like, damn. Until they started telling me how much time I was getting. Then I was like, damn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I did what? Like, uh, this can't be real. But, you know, um, so that's kind of like, you know, the, the story behind, you know, with Rock. And I see a lot of these kids out here. You know, they turned up and they don't care. Hey, I didn't see some dudes up inside there who thought the same way. You know what I'm saying? You get 100 years, 200 years plus a life sentence, you start to think differently. You got some of the men up in there that's crying like babies in their rooms at night. You know what I'm saying? Dudes up in there with, like, you know, indeterminate sentences, you know, that's, that's losing everybody. You know, their moms passing them, their grandmothers, their fathers passing on them, and some of them done left these streets and ain't really left nothing behind but that legacy that they had, and their child done picked it up. Mm. Now they inside there and they done you know, heard that their kid done got killed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That shit become vicious. So, you know, it, it sounds good. You know what I'm saying? These little, you know, the cliche stuff that we say. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, into the you know, into the wheels fall off and all that. All that stuff sounds good. Then you have a real experience, then things change. Right? You know, so you know, I ain't I'm straight across the board. I ain't never been nothing but GP, you know, SY stuff or, or nothing. Cause if I didn't come in there like that, that's not I'm not going I mean, I just ain't built like that. Just keep it one hundred. You know what I'm saying? Nothing against anybody else, but I know how to navigate around where I'm not going to be in no situation like that. After having an experience like that, it's like, rock, there got to be a better way. You know, so they say insanity is when somebody's doing the same thing over and over, 
but expect different results, right? Mm. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So I was able to read stuff, right? I got to ground some good brothers. I, I swear I did. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like, you know, they they push like some, like, hey, read this. You know what I'm saying? And and reading it, it's about kind of like coming up with an understanding, right? And this idea they call literature, right? And the Bible say like, um, get knowledge, get wisdom, but all you're getting, get your understanding. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, man, that a, a wise man learn from the mistakes of others and, and a fool learn from his own. So what I was able to do when I stepped inside that system, right, I had a lot of OGs and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying, everybody know that I was you know, 17, and first thing they started talking to me about juvenile hall, you know, when they was in juvenile hall, right, and I'm looking at the individual in front of me that's 40, 50 years old, so I'm 35, et cetera, and, you know, I started to study the person, you know, seeing what they was doing kind of like every day, and I seen what the common thread was and the theme was, and I was like, damn, Rock, if I do exactly what that individual doing at 40, 35, I'm going to be in here telling somebody that's like 17, 18. I remember when, you know what I'm saying, your age coming through the system. I didn't want that. So what I had to do was do something kind of like uniquely different from what they was doing in order to get different results. I started asking individuals questions. Did they have a GED? No, I ain't get my GED. Shit, I'll be hustling out there. Okay, I got to get my GED. You got a trade? No, I'm, I'm, I'm just a porter. Okay, I don't want to be no porter. I need to trade, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so no. I didn't want to do the stuff that I seen people kind of like doing. Again, these is homies. They was just doing what they know to do. But what I didn't want was this reality for me at a certain type of age because I had faith and I know for a fact that hey, I'm not going to be here like that. You know, this is a temporary house. This is a temporary stay. Mm-hmm. What do you do in regards to prepare yourself to go back out there into the real world? Because when you go back out there into the real world, you're not in competition with these dudes on the yard with you. Uh, you're in competition with folks that is law-abiding citizens. You're in competition with folks who ain't never been to the system, right? Some who ain't never lived like you, and you're trying to be in the same spaces and places they in trying to compete. So in order for you to be able to compete, guess what you got to do? You got to put yourself like 10 paces ahead because you already have a stumbling block. That stumbling block is your past, mm. right? So now you need that extra level of education, right? You need that extra level of knowledge and understanding, right? And that's what I kind of like, you know, went after. You know what I'm saying? Then, you know, I was never a type of person in the, in the streets, et cetera, that liked to, you know, get high, drink, and all this other. just haven't been me, right? But I had a lust always for, like, you know, education, knowledge, mathematics. So, you know what I'm saying? So I like to read stuff, study, stuff like that. So at the end of the day, that stuff works on you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it really does. You start to put stuff inside your body, in your mind. Before you know it, it starts to really start to chisel. It starts to work on your mind. It works it works on your heart, et cetera. And, you know, in sociology, right, they show you how, like, the mind is like water. It's really receptive. And mm-hmm. you can also catch this, and you can find this in Metunetta, too, right? Metunetta, the Metu speak on this. And it's like whatever, you take some cherry Kool-Aid and put it inside that water, that water instantly turns red, right? It takes on that coloration, all right? Whether it's lemon Kool-Aid, you know, grape Kool-Aid, et cetera, it's going to take on that color. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that's how the mind is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You put something inside there, the mind takes on that coloration. And what they go in soci- sociology, they call it socializing. So I started thinking back. You know what I'm saying? You started banging and stuff like that. Guess what dudes doing all the time? They were socializing you. Like, you got to dress like this. Don't wear your pants like that. Now you wear your hat like this. Mm-hmm. Oh, this was a socializing. You know what I'm saying? And I'm letting them put this shit in my mind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and call me this nickname. Next thing I'm out here acting like somebody who I ain't. But it became the socializing. Mm-hmm. And I wind up embracing that coloration of thought and ideal. Mm-hmm. 
We're going to take a short break to hear from our sponsors. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela E is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yemi's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that. Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know that's right. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 1067 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B. So, with that, you know what I'm saying, you know, the mathematics, you know, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad definitely teach on five percenters, et cetera. So when I say this stuff, I'm not endorsing no religion or anything like that. I'm a spiritual person. I endorse truths, right? They got something that's called build and destroy. So a lot of the stuff that I was thinking, a lot of the stuff that I was under the belief of, I had to destroy a lot of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I had to start to get rid of some of these files. You know what I'm saying? I had to right. delete. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> delete. <laughs> no more contact here. You know what I'm saying? I had to really do that. You know what I'm saying? Some of the stuff I liked, I had to go back and unlike that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just like, you know, just keeping it just like 100. You know, and, and Jesus made, uh, made a similar statement inside the Bible. It says, you know, if you put new wine in old bottles, the bottles will burst. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It's just letting you know, kind of like, hey, so I had to start over with a new foundation. Now, I still kept homies and stuff like that, but I realized, you know what I'm saying, how I had to keep those homies, how I had to deal with those homies. This became the new rock. You know what I'm saying? That was the rock yesterday, and then this is the, the rock today. So rock is a, um, actually an acronym now. You know, a lot of times we come from places and spaces and we have names and the names is like uh, they're meaningless. So it's like when we was brung over here, you know, we had meaningful names. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You had dudes that was, you know, like some names we had, not people, Malik, King, you know, we call people certain things. And we had those names for a reason. And, and it was something about our spirit. They remember our folks when they called us like that. So the first thing, you know, they did over here was the first four of them, um, you know, disorientating the person. It's kind of like, you know, taking their name away. So that's the mm-hmm. first thing they did was strip you of your name, and then they gave you a name, and they gave you a name that was meaningless. 
So you give a person this a meaningless name, guess what? It's going to be meaningless people. Mm-hmm. They do meaningless things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, so, you know, um, I, you know, so ROCK now is, uh, is an acronym. It stands for a righteous orator, communicate knowledge, right? So when I'm hearing kind of like ROCK, you know, ROCK is something solid. You know what I'm saying? It's me standing on principles, me having convictions, me being solid, and me doing kind of like what I'm doing right now, communicate knowledge, right? Being that orator of truth, you know what I'm saying, and speaking something to the minds of people that, you know, it, it, it may have an impact. And an individual told me one time, he said that you never know what you might say to a person that can change their life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like, you know, we don't see it right in front of us because we plant seeds. But it takes time for those seeds to grow. That's you right. know, you, you know, you see a dude five years down the line, like, he got it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's where we kind of like at now, right, in the socializing. And kind of like, you know what I'm saying, build and destroy. So, you know, my experiences and what I was able to do was learn from the environment around me. And uh, it, was, it was one of my boys. And I, I got to list this guy, Anzar Muhammad. He was like, man, he said, when you when you sit in the classroom and you got a gang of, you know, uh, peers around you, like, what are they called? You know, what do the teachers call all them? You know what I'm saying? It's like they call them pupils, right? And he said, you know, you got the pupils in the class, but then you got a teacher. He said, so right there in your eyes, you have you, you have a, a pupil. He said, so when you look out to the world, the world is your teacher, bro. Mm. Mm-hmm. So everything that is going on around you is designed to teach you, right? And you can learn from a fool. You can learn, like, how not to be. Mm. You know what I mean? So never take kind of like, you know, you know any type of experience in any situation kind of like for granted. So when he told me that, if you ever see me, I'm studious. You know, I'll be out there looking around. People like, you hypervigilant. No, I'm just trying to see how that works. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I remember my niece one time told me, right, kid. My niece was like asking me questions. So I'm answering the questions, like a couple of answers. Then my niece was like, hey, um, hey, Philip. She's like, um. Why is the sky blue? I'm like, stop asking me questions. Oh, the sky blue. <laughs> right? But this is a four-year-old kid. And I think to myself, like, why the hell I don't know why the sky blue? Why the hell is the sky blue? You know what I'm saying? So now I'll be trying to understand stuff, right? Because when you understand, you can have more of an impact, right? You can be more effective in, in your communication or what it is that you're doing. So um, even through my experiences, I try to understand, you know, um, what happened. So then when I'm speaking to somebody else, I could be able to communicate the understanding. A lot of times we just push the knowledge off on people. And the knowledge is not good enough. You know what I'm saying? You could tell a person, hey, man, don't do not do wrong and, and do right. All right. Why? You know right. what I'm saying? Right. And it's like a lot of times we don't know how to explain that, that why, right? You know, all my experience has been to the point to where, like, now I understand. And looking back, it's like, all right, in order for me to be where I'm at right now, like, I had to go through those things. Whether I chose those things or didn't choose those things, or if I say, hey, I wouldn't do it again, it's like the mathematics that I said earlier. You exclude any one of those elements or experiences from my life, you wouldn't have the rocket you have now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what everybody in the room. So I'm going to go ahead and step back a little bit now. I know I'm probably speaking a lot, but this becomes a, a deep subject. It's like, you know, where you, you have to be thorough. Right. In, in detail, because a, a lot of times we make points and then we miss points. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what I'm saying so like, you know, in mathematics, I'm always using their steps in mathematics. And sometimes we don't want to go through the steps. We don't want to go through the process. We just want to go from, you know, the problem to the solution. And that's right. But we don't want to deal with the equation in between. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So 
what I usually do is kind of like, you know, take people through the process to give it to you how I understand it. Um, because if I understand it, I believe that, you know, you can understand it. And, you know, one of the things that love Donna Raj Muhammad said is that, man, he said, make the truth so simple and plain to where a baby can understand it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it has to be to that point now. A lot of times when we think that we're intelligent and we got, you know, uh, so many alphabets behind our name or we got so many years in school, post high school, you know, we start to speak like real collegially, right? And what happened is the people that we trying to impact the most, they miss the message mm. because we get caught up in I'm smart, right? But when you're smart and your results is leading to a negative end, then not so smart, right? So we got to figure out now how do we become effective at the end of the day because this mm. was about how you had an impact, right? And my thing is about impact, right? Let's talk about some of that impact. I know that you have um, been at the helm of many policies that have to do with some of the experiences that you have had being incarcerated and being a survivor of crime. Can you tell us about some of the policies that you have impacted and how they have impacted society? Definitely. Um, Several policies that, you know, um, you know justice is, is a lot of uh, reform that's going on right now, right? Justice reform. And some of the reform and policies that I've been a part of is like, you know, 1308, you know, help individuals who were, you know, who was maybe, you know, tried as adult and they was, you know, they was under 25, right? And then using kind of like the modern science to show that, you know, a person's brain is still developing right. until they don't reach their mid-20s, right? And that has allowed folks to kind of like who had, you know, life sentences, long extended sentences to kind of like put themselves in a position to be able to do so much time, provide that they show they rehabilitate themselves, to have access to, you know, um, going to, you know, the board or even getting some of their time modified, mm. you know, well beyond the time they were supposed to get out to where they're actually coming home early, right? That's awesome. Because they understand that, you know, hey, there was a lot of developmental stuff that was still going on. And that's the, and, and 1308 actually, you know, stemmed from SB 260 and SB uh, 261. Mm. Also um, been a part of, you know, uh, justice reform where we stopped juveniles who was um, 14 and 15 from getting tried as adults, right? Because, again, using the modern science, it was able to show that, you know, individuals who are 15 and 14 years old, they act more like they 12 and 13-year-old counterparts than, you know, the ones who are 16 and 17. Mm-hmm. So we stopped that from happening. Um, but, you know, we're dealing with this stuff. It's like, you know, you do the work and then it's like sometimes it's like, man, damn. And that one right there is a touchy one, you know, the 14 to 15-year-old, right? Because we did that for individuals who had experienced it and that was currently experiencing it, mm-hmm. right? Meaning they got tried as adults. At 15, and had a life sentence. So what they did was they made us modify our bill to the where it wasn't retroactive, right? It was just from that time forward. So the individuals who was in the system yesterday uh-huh. who got tried at 15 as adult mm-hmm. or 14 as adult and got a license, it didn't impact them. And the reason why we was on the front line doing that is for, you know, individuals that was affected like me, even though I passed through the system, mm-hmm. but for those I was still in. Right. And it was sad where it was like they had hope. And then when the law passed, it didn't affect them. It affected the kid that's coming in, right. you know what I'm saying, tomorrow. But we got it done. You know what I'm saying? We made some um, progress on that. And then there's several other bills that, you know, we've been a part of um, passing, you know, SB2 decertification, we know law enforcement, you know, misconduct and stuff like that, holding folks accountable. Um, so it's a lot of those policies that's just uh, uh, been on the table. And, um, you know, even with that, you know, sometimes people agree and then people, like, you know, don't agree. 
I'm with I'm, I'm one thing and one thing exclusively, and that's kind of like preventing individuals from having these experiences, right? Mm-hmm. So I I got I, I got to say this because I think you know um, you know fair concepts and that was like just super powerful, and he was like, man, he said, you know, you got you know everybody in the churches, everybody in the synagogues, everybody in the mosques, everybody is arguing over which way is the best way to heaven, mm. and why they doing that, the whole community is going to hell. Mm. So a lot of times I've been in these meetings, even with you know nonprofits and community leaders, and we arguing over you know which way is the right way, and we got kids to the left and to the right on the streets that's getting killed, mm. and we can't get it right inside this room, and we the ones supposed to have a solution. So I'm, I'm solution orientated, right? Not answers. You know, when, when I was going to school, I gave a lot of answers to my mathematic problems. All that shit came back with red checks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I realized because the answer don't mean it's a solution. That's so right. my thing is now is plug in the solution. That's resolve. So, you know, my thing is not confrontation and let's get answers. Um, continue to do justice reform. Continue to find out not just about how do we help the individuals who are inside, which is monumental, but how do we prevent the individuals out here from going inside there? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that you should be uh, got to get touched by lightning to realize that shit hurt. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like let's like you know let's let's stop that before. So yeah, that's that's been the policy stuff, and I'm still advocating um, policy. Also working with Times Done. What's um, your role? Times Done. I'm a, um, a Southern South LA or Southern um, chapter coordinator um, in California, and we, you know what we doing is, is is helping folks get their life back. Awesome. Um, there's over like you know four thousand eight hundred barriers. For a person who has a past conviction, where I'm talking about, you can't get you know, your barber's license, where mm-hmm. you know you can't coach your son's little league football team or, or baseball team, you know you can't be you know a part of the the homeowners association. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot of little things that set folks back who didn't have like past convictions. We talking about convictions that could have been 20 years old, and because they have that conviction, we have all these barriers in place after they done served their time, right? And it's like, it's not allowing folks to go forward. I mean, they're even being blocked out from certain, like, economic opportunities, you know what I'm saying, which is upper-level jobs, right, that really, like, translate to gainful employment. Um, and it's all because of yesterday. So we working on, you know, um, getting folks, you know, resources, you know what I'm saying, it's restoring their life back completely. And, uh, we, you know, we're empowering leaders, you know, people who done been through, like, you know, some, like, the things that, you know, I've been talking about. And then, you know, how are you, you you empower those folks and they become a resource and an asset, you know, to help our, you know, our communities better. So mm-hmm. one of the bills that we're working on now is um, uh, SB 731. And SB 731 is like, you know, after folks done serve their time, they're off parole and probation. Mm-hmm. You know, that their record should be expunged. Mm. Right. Giving them now the opportunity to really move forward in life. You know what I'm saying? And we talking about like this leads to so much. This this is helping families, right. especially when you have somebody who's like the, the head of household. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and when he's in a position to where, you know, he reach a economic ceiling and that economic ceiling is below the poverty line. You know, what that does, not just to him, but to the family. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we're trying to, you know prevent that. You have so many folks that is, you know, has been impacted by the system, they coming out into society and these folks is finding themselves, you know, houseless or homeless, right? And it's because a lot of times they can't get no opportunities because of, you know, what they was or what they did yesterday. Mm-hmm. So a time's done is exactly that, you know, time done. Right? And we just, you know, um doing justice reforms 
working with survivors and, you know, perpetrators, former perpetrators, who realized also that, you know, they were survivors as well. And, you know, it's something that may have led them to, you know, being a perpetrator. And, you know, a lot of folks say, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. So now we also using, you know what I'm saying, hurt folks to heal themselves so they can start to heal people mm -hmm. as well. Because at the end of the day, you know, we all people. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, that speaks very intelligently to this idea of ending the cycle of violence because what you just talked about is a cycle. When you are a survivor of crime, unfortunately, that can put you up into a whirlwind where you are on a fast track to becoming then a perpetrator of crime, especially in the environments that we grew up in. Because, one, our lives are over-criminalized. You know, um, the things, the activities that we get ourselves involved in, a lot of the times they will be criminal in our community and they might not be criminal in other communities. Or at least you'll see definitely a difference in how we are punished and how justice is delivered for us. So when we have those kinds of things, when we have this cycle of violence, um, the cycle of hurt, we have to find ways where we can get off, <laughs> you know, before the cycle completes. Mm -hmm. um, so before you are perpetrating harm on somebody else or even before you're perpetrating harm on yourself, mm -hmm. you know, the ideal would be that is prevented and circumvented and that you find a way to heal first. So thank you so much for sharing. Like, that was super powerful. Per usual, how do people find you? Man, South Central L.A., you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> Real deal. <laughs> Man, shit. I mean, I have an um, a email, you know, so I put my uh, email out there. My email is on philiplester.trp at gmail.com. Um, other than that, I have a um, shop over there in Watts, along with some other folks. It's called the Ambassador Shop of Watts, so you can check me out um, there on my Instagram. I'm doing a lot of um, body art. Um, it's under creative underscore inc underscore 214. And that's how you can you know, link up with me and also at the shop, the Ambassador Shop of Watts. Just going to ambassadorshopofwatts.com, all that right there. So, um, again, that's me and my folks um, doing that work over there in Watts and, you know, putting businesses up, letting young folks see what it's like and having people from the community that's, you know what I'm saying, that's, that's, that's related to us, that's, you know, that's been around and folks able to see, like, this is what we're doing. This is what it's about, really having a, a stake in the community and doing something, like, um, uniquely uh, different. And as we talked about the entrepreneurship program that we um about to launch is to have ownership, right? We want to we turn folks into owners, right? Owners of their own destiny, you know? Owners of their own economical uh, growth, you know? Owners of their own culture. Mm. That's, that's, that's the biggest thing. Listen to me, people. Biggest thing. <laughs> you know, you got, you know, a lot of this stuff is based on your urban culture. And you know, we have folks... They come in, they learn the culture, package it up, put it in the box, and then sell it back to us. <laughs> right. So it's like, hey, when it comes to, like, you know, black consumerism, we talking about, you know, annually a billion dollars plus 
Mm. Um, I'm not saying we shouldn't consume, and we will. We live life. Um, but we should also be like, you know, manufacturers, distributors, mm-hmm. and the producers, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. when it's about us. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for that. That's right. As we come to a close for part one, I just want to leave you all with a couple of thoughts. There's quite a lot of reform that must be done in order to end the carnage on black lives in particular. And in general, to put a spoke in the wheel of the cycles of violence that frequently leave young black and brown men dead or imprisoned. In America, black and brown males continue to be the most harmed and least helped populations among survivors of crime. To be clear, this has not been a pro-incarceration nation conversation. It has been an acknowledgement of the fact that the lack of services for a child that witnessed his uncle shot to death and then endured his own attempted murder twice only served in fueling the cycle of violence that eventually landed him an adult sentence as a youth. When prison is unavoidable, we need a prison a healing pipeline. Healing would mean investing in and creating a prison to school pipeline, investing in a prison to careers pipeline, and investing in a prison to skills pipeline. Around here, we say art, not prisons. Eventually, our nation may have the gall to eradicate the prison industrial complex completely and replace it with institutions that truly rehabilitate, transform, and heal all who are willing. Until then, please support efforts like Time Done that seek to reduce the recurrence of recidivism by removing livelihood barriers and equipping folks with the healing resources they should have received before their hurt hurt another. Disclaimer, my views, beliefs, and opinions are my own and do not necessarily reflect the views of my guests, resource organizations, or sources shared. Last thing, every day we survive is a new chance to seek healing. Peace to your journey, good people. Ashe. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life, transform the world. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, 
Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council.